Welcome to Stories of Growth, a series of conversations with modern day business leaders who share their stories of growth and the lessons they've learned along the way. I'm William Rowe, founder and CEO of Protein. I've been helping businesses grow for over 20 years and I've always been fascinated with the people behind these businesses, where they've come from and what drives them forward. When we first came up with the sort of the idea, we used to talk back to five-a-side football. So when we were talking to investors at the bank at the beginning, we'd say, you know, like the guys would always be going off to play five-a-side football at lunch and they'd all be like super pumped about it. And we're like, we want to create the five-a-side football for women. For this episode, I sit down with Pip Black and Joan Murphy, co-founders of Frame, a new breed of fitness studios that are rapidly growing across London. They're two friends who saw a need for a gym experience that was accessible, affordable, and fun. As you'll hear, they very much practice what they preach. This was recorded in our studios in Shoreditch, which is right next door to their first site. Welcome, Stories of Growth, Pip and Joan, co-founders of Frame. Um, who's, who's the boss? Both bosses. How, how are decisions made between you two? No process. <laughs> like we don't have the answer. <laughs> Freestyle. Yeah. Depends on the decision, Well. Ah, okay, good. So before we get into your decision-making process, let's start, start at the beginning. Was there, what was the founding thought for Frame? Was that a problem you wanted to fix? Was that something out there that you felt hadn't been done quite right? Was there, I don't know, what was it? What was the, what was the inception? So I guess both of those would be quite true. So um, Joan and I both came from really sporty backgrounds. And when we uh, met, we were both working in advertising, both working hard, playing hard, and missing that kind of sense of feeling good that you got through exercise that we were used to sort of growing up. Um, and at that sort of time, the two of us started looking for something that we could do together in London and sort of through a bit of research found out that there really wasn't anything out there that was fun, um, that was sociable, that allowed you to drop in when you could and didn't need to go if you couldn't. For example, sometimes you had to work late on pictures till sort of midnight. Um, you didn't want to feel guilty if you couldn't go. Um, and something that was enjoyable at that time, it was really uh, negative, the connotations, especially for women. Um, linked to exercise. So we both had really positive um, experiences with exercise throughout our life. And looking again through our sort of business lens, we could see that there was a huge opportunity uh, and gap in the market to create something that was slightly more female focused, that was going to be fun and make sort of exercise aspirational for others. So what year was that? Uh, We met in 2007. Uh, how did you meet? <laughs> so we met on a surf trip. So I used to live with a bunch of Kiwis and Aussies and they do loads of stuff with their lives. So we went down to <laughs> Cornwall uh, for a surf trip and I met Joan there and uh, Joan was already a little bit drunk when I arrived and <laughs> managed to <laughs> knock a TV off the stand within five seconds. Um, and that was the moment I was just like, oh my God, who is this girl? Um, but within hours, I must, I must go into business with her. Yeah, exactly right. Um, she changed my mind very quickly, and um, I think the main thing was that um, 
I could see that we had loads in common. So we both wanted to eat breakfast, which was great as females. And we both wanted to go surfing and we both wanted to drink gin and dance. So it was like someone that kind of wanted it all and was going to make that happen. So your connection was shared with those passions rather than a something missing in terms of your exercise routine. Yeah, absolutely. I think it yeah. was, this is a cool chick and I want to be her friend. Um, and Joan was definitely the one that drove the business side of the idea. Okay. So, so again, that those founding moments in terms of the inception of that idea. Uh, just talk a little bit about that. So I'd say this uh, comes sort of from Joan. So Joan had been um, back in uh, traveling around Christmas, had been back to New Zealand. And I think, in her own words, had a, had a moment in the top of a mountain uh, where she sort of foresaw her future with a really short, long girl. <laughs> um, where they'd be <laughs> setting up a fitness studio in London. Um, and, and sort of, is, is this a true story? Almost. Yeah, okay. Um, and then... This kind of... It was like... It was, I wanted to come back to London. New Zealand wasn't right. I wasn't ready to go back to New Zealand. But then I couldn't work out what job I wanted or maybe maybe a job that would take me, don't know which comes first. Um, and so decided I'd, I wanted to do my own business, but didn't know what that was gonna be. Sort of kind of thought it needed to be in this area and then we kind of developed an idea from there. But so Jen more, definitely had the I seed. I don't really know what job I want, I'm gonna make my own. And then thought, don't wanna do it on my own. And I had a bit of an idea of a plan, which was more for a one or two studio option. Mm -hmm. And then a volume of red wine and gin, it ended up as five. Sounds like a great, great strategy. Yeah. And that kind of seems to be how things, like Joan comes up with a little idea. She's like, Pip, let's do this thing. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Still to this day. <laughs> We've just spent four hours scheming one of those ideas today. <laughs> the awards. We're not talking about the awards. Is that what? No? No. no. <laughs> okay, great. I'll cut but that have I won one? <laughs> <laughs> have I won one? I need to be in it to win it. Um... And then the name, what was the story behind the name? Oh, wow. Is, is there a story behind the name? There's always a story behind Come, the name. What, what, is, what is the story behind the name? We got a piece of really good advice from um, our early business mentor when I think we changed our name about five times already, <laughs> pre-even launching, and I think he was a what? little bit sick of the conversation. <laughs> what were some of the early names? Um, gin and Tonic. <laughs> Jim, Jim. Jim. Gin and Tonic. <laughs> One of the better ones, Shake Studios. Shake Studios, because we wanted to shake it. Yeah. Um, those are probably the two classics. We yeah. do definitely still have the Shake Studios email <laughs> that we have to like sometimes Check go on to, to find like. Oh really? You actually set it up? But actually, he gives really good advice. So if anyone's thinking about starting a business, they're like, um, and anyone's into brand, they're like, well, his his analogy was the Kaiser Chiefs weren't the Kaiser Chiefs without their music. Uh, Madonna can't be just called Madonna without her music. So a name is a name until you put the personality and the brand and the purpose behind it. So in a roundabout way saying, just choose a bloody name <laughs> <laughs> and create the business. <laughs> just get on with it. Yeah. We got okay. loads of our friends together though to do loads of brainstorming yeah. around, around it. And, and the kind of the actual concept of frame is, um, and it's frame, not move your frame, uh, but is that it's like a frame in your day, it's a frame of mind, uh, it's your body frame. So there are sort of some reasons behind it too. Okay, I like that. I still like gin and tonic. <laughs> Jim. Jim, Jim and tonic. Jim, Jim and tonic. Yeah. All right, 
good. Um, so for those who might not have seen Frame, been to Frame, know about Frame, um, just give us the top line in terms of where you are as a business. So we offer classes. So a um, huge variety of different classes where you can come in and drop in and pay as you go. So uh, everything from dance, fitness, yoga, pilates, bar, uh, and then we have something called a frame card, which is our version of the Oyster card. So you load it up with credit, and then depending on what class you come to, which is you know might differ in terms of the length or the type of class, type of equipment, then they that credit just comes off your account until you run out and you top it up. Okay. So the idea being that it's very flexible, you fit it in sure. around your life. And generally, people that come to Frame use us because that sort of time that they've given to, to looking after themselves and coming to class is going to make them in a better place so they can go on and get on and achieve more with the other stuff they've got going on. Great. Number of members, locations? Seven locations now. Uh, so we just Congrats. opened number seven in Farringdon, which is very exciting. Uh, and other ones in Shoreditch, Queen's Park, King's Cross, Victoria, Hammersmith and Fitzrovia. Um, and we don't really talk about numbers of members because obviously we kind of, uh, they're, not, they're not signed up like that. So we call them framers. How many framers, framers would you say are? So about, there's about 9,000 users a month, and there's about 50,000 bookings, or there was 50,000 bookings last month. Great. Um, and there's about 300 people that take to teach those 50,000 people in classes. So um, the numbers of people are getting a lot higher, which is always a little challenge. Sure. And would you say that's the biggest challenge as the business as you grow? Um, I think going from four sites to seven sites in six months is a challenge in itself, uh, and that puts strain on all systems. Um, but I think the the essence of Frame is all about people. So essentially, we have big, empty spaces without the instructors, without the front of house. So um, getting you know, there's that whole story about getting the getting the people on the bus. Well, it's not really. It's really about getting the right people on the bus, and it's about making sure that all those people are actually going towards the right in the right direction because otherwise you know the wheels come off as it gets bigger so I think yeah people are always going to be tricky um, and understanding that you know um, the business has to go in one direction and we need to make sure that actually everyone wants to go in that same direction and also that at, during that journey everyone is aligned to the sort of the brand values and the and the reason why we're doing this so you know we frame has a purpose we want people to move and we want to make people feel great and you need everybody that's involved in the business to be you know aligned with that thought Sure. And talking about these right people and your framers, what, what are some attributes of a framer? Someone that doesn't like take themselves... Tonic. Yeah, like Jim. <laughs> uh, someone that doesn't, that doesn't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Um, that is, you know, up and trying new things. That uh, We sort of say they have like a busy, full life. So we say that Frame's a lifestyle brand, not a performance brand. So if you compare frame to say other um, newer studios in the market you know we're not about um, perma tans and six packs we're about people who are kind of trying to like fit the most things into their lives and we're there for making people feel good so our sort of creative brief is how does it make you feel so you know if you come out of a yin yoga class you should feel really zen um, and on a Friday night you could have yin and a tin so you get a of tin gin. <laughs> <laughs> Gin and tonic, gin and tonic. That's the seventh mention of gin. <laughs> I'm six minutes. convert to tequila as my new... Uh, um, much job. better. Much better, I'm really enjoying that. 
Um, so no classes themed around tequila yet? Not yet, but they will be. <laughs> maybe, you could, maybe you could team up with the, um, uh, the punch run guys and do some like infusions, some va va vapor, vapor tequila <laughs> sessions. I'm there, I'm there. <laughs> um, I really need to work on the guys out there or the 1800. Um, and then, yeah, so but if you leave like a boxing class, you, need, you want to feel like you're taking on the world. So I think it's all about how you feel. And I think especially in like today's mindset is... You know, people are looking for ways at chilling out. You know, we run, you know, workshops on anxiety or sleep or those sorts of things in the weekend because people just are so wired. So I think um, our purpose has always been getting fit shouldn't be a chore, but we really think about, like, how should you feel? Like, if you come to frame and you need to box the hell out of something to feel good, awesome. But it also, conversely, if you kind of want to chill out in Shavasana for a while, yeah, mm. that's cool too. And how are you seeing those trends changing over the years from when you've started to where you are now and uh, you know the world changes yeah but really in terms of the feelings that connect us also change and yeah, how are you I, I guess the two questions there are, so what have you seen changing and like how have you responded to it so I think we've actually kind of gone through a slightly we've been around so long now we've almost gone full circle so Think back to 2007 or 2009 when we actually opened our first studio in Shoreditch. Um, people didn't work out. It w there wasn't that culture that we have now where it's, you know, almost like wellness is your, you know, your tr it's, it's a trend. and It's your badge of honour, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, like we used to both cycle around London and you'd be at the traffic lights and you might have one person next to you. And if you said you were going to go for a run, people would be like, are you mental? And that's completely changed. So we originally set up in Shoreditch because we wanted to create a new market. We wanted to talk to people who weren't working out. We decided, you know, it was very strategic that we wanted to talk to a new audience. And, and there was no, no gyms here back then? No. I mean, we didn't open on a Sunday for a, a year because people were still out from yeah. Saturday or Friday night. Um, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so that, that was very specific. We were like, these are the people that we can help the most because they're not doing anything. Um, and at that time, it was very much just convincing people that doing something once a week was going to affect their life in a positive way. Which is actually still the truth now. Yeah. Like, it, it, you don't have to go from zero to hero. Like, people think, oh, I'm going to get fit. And then they go and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do an hour eight, five times a week. You're like, you've just taken five hours out of your life. <laughs> so, you know, we, we still promote that actually yeah. just doing something more than you did the other week is actually a, mm -hmm. a positive. Yeah. And, but there was a process where, you know, classes got harder and people were more up for like, you know, I want to really push myself, push myself. The, the, uh, the fitness levels of people that were coming to frame or just generally in London were increasing, increasing. But now we've sort of almost like turned that circle and now people are starting to understand that they need to look after their bodies and actually you need to work out or the right exercise for you at that time. At the beginning, people used to come in and they used to wear Converse, thinking they were workout trainers. They were like, yeah, yeah, I've got my trainers. You're like, mm, they're kind of street trainers. <laughs> <You've got laughs> uh, and then classic, I remember someone goes, oh, I've got some. She came with plimsolls, five pounds from Brick Lane. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm like, oh God, how, 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 how am I gonna take this conversation forward? Um, do you remember those like, what do you call them here? Like there were kung fu shoes. Do you remember those ones that were plastic on the bottom and just like black, black. on the canvas on the top? Yeah. 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 People were rocking up in these shoes to do a workout. I mean, they were really not going to the gym. <laughs> and I think that was a sign that we did the right thing because yeah. we were going for the non-gym goers and the non-sporty people. And the amount of people who came in and say, "We'll still do." They're like, you know, I did everything I could to get out of PE, 
Yeah. Like these are the people that we could we could talk to the most. And I think the best thing about that is actually it's so easy to take you know, if you could get someone over those barriers, there's so many barriers to exercise and especially in, in London where it's kind of people think, Oh, everyone's looking at me. Well they're not, they're just looking at themselves. So as soon as you get them over that barrier and they do something and they're like, Oh my god, I do actually feel really good about this, it's really, really positive to see the change because you're not drilling to them that you shouldn't be eating food and you should be working out five times a week. So yeah. it's a really positive environment once you can get like break those barriers down. And I'm sure fosters a strong community as a result in terms of identifying these aren't they're not the underdog yeah, you know, the unobvious gym goer mm. in terms of what you traditionally expect a gym person to be interested in and what and what they're about mm. um i can see that but in terms of where that's then going in terms of if you say it's come full circle does that mean it's going to go around the same cycles or in terms of how classes or trends or demand is, is changing in, 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 in what you're seeing with your members I would say that um, it's funny because now it is the whole industry if we talk wellness as an industry has exploded yeah and then fitness is itself it started the trend so fitness kind of led the way um, and then I think what you see is that that same cycle that we've talked about kind of happens generationally and it also happens when people come into the cycle. Mm -hmm. So it's quite common that someone will come in and then they'll start like going too far down the track and then they kind of rein themselves back. So I think we initially we saw quite a, like a lot of people doing the same thing, but now I think it depends where you start your fitness journey and how you start and how you sort of take it forward and who's around you as well, like social environments. But I think we always say like fitness is a little bit like fashion. So things will come in and out of flavor. Um, at Frame, we don't either go for a gimmick or we don't go for something that's not real. So, you know, we don't want to push something that's, um, you know, not going to benefit someone. So right now, boxing's really big. Um, whereas like three years ago, you couldn't get away from a hit, hit session. Um, people are now understanding that you can't just run at these levels for a long, long time. But that's not to say the person who just gets into fitness isn't going to go on sort of go a bit too far down that route so I think now it's kind of as it's slightly getting more mature I think it, it, it's kind of there's somebody in every category now and talk about mumhood in terms of your program being mums also yourselves and the importance of that audience and, and providing to uh to those mums so mumhood is um yeah our pre and postnatal offering uh and it's something that Sort of, we created. Uh, well, when Joan first became pregnant with Zayden, uh, we'd always offered a, a prenatal uh, a classes at Frame. But to be honest, like we found out that they they weren't up to scratch once we were pregnant and we were, you know started to take them. And it was all about um, making sure that we could educate uh, women and then motivate them to keep going. So during pregnancy and then beyond, those are sort of times in your life where. There's so many other things going on. It's all new. You lose your confidence. Um, and if your exercise is something that you're used to doing, having to cut that out completely is going to, again, like have an even worse effect on, on your sort of confidence levels and your energy levels as well. So mumhood, uh, we have classes in studio uh, where if you're postnatal, you can bring your children along. So you don't have to worry about those extra costs of having babysitters. We have an online program as well. So that goes, again, through pregnancy and then postnatally phase one phase two and then there's a fit mums program for any mum that's at home and can only spare 20 minutes to work out um, and it's a really 
you know, we're really passionate about it. And again, it's one of those things that when you teach or you talk to people that have taken part in any of those classes or those programs, like they're like, you know, this has really changed my life or this is the best moment of my week or something. And you can really, really see those positive benefits. Mm. And, you know, people come and say that we've helped them get through postnatal depression or, you know, pregnancy, people in pregnancy. We've been able to help them to control um, specific like um, pelvic pain issues they might have had or lower back pain. So it's, yeah, it's really, I feel like, important to do that and then where it fits into frame is that allows people sort of during that time to to sort of go off and have something that's specially programmed for them and then afterwards to feel that they can just slot back into the, the frame life too mm. okay. i think it's also about that whole thing about like the all the notion of having your tribe you know it's it's really common you know um culturally there's lots and lots of divides so some people you know they may be um they may be English, but they've got their families were from somewhere else and their cultures don't promote what, like fitness or they may have different different ways of doing things. And so it's quite nice in frame is that they can meet each other and they kind of have like minded people and they have people on the same page because, you know, you don't know what other sort of um, environmental things that people have at home. Um, so I think they have a really nice supportive community. And so I think it's, I, we always say it's like 60 percent um, the fitness and 40% everything else. So mm. it's about, again, going linking back into that whole like mindfulness and about people's mental well-being. That's as much of that and keeping some sort of um, routine or control in people's lives, especially given the nature of framers. You know, often they're like busy people fitting in a lot of things and there's just so much change happening that actually having an environment with people doing the same thing and feeling like they can still do something that they did before is so good for them. And I think linking back to your other question a lot of people understand now that exercise isn't for weight loss mm -hmm. there is just so much more to it and the benefits are so much more so actually i think that's probably the biggest change is that people aren't doing this to sort of just lose weight they're doing it for more reasons than they were you have a disproportionately but a very high percentage of female members was that intentional was that an accident it's just the way it happened so like worldwide females are more likely to take part in group exercise um that so that's not a frame thing um but i think naturally the classes that we were offering when we first started like the jane fonda tribute and the 80s aerobics may have a little <laughs> female bias to it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i can see it Willens and the leg warmers, <laughs> high kicks. <laughs> For those of you listening, you're curr currently giving us the uh, V-set. <laughs> um, <laughs> he told us he wasn't allowed to do that. Um, so, yeah, so I think naturally women, you know, we do congregate. Um, we do like to do things as groups. And, um, you know, there used to be that sort of aerobics element. I think nowadays it's, it is changing. We get a lot of guys in um, the yoga and the Pilates especially. But there's more and more group guy things happening a lot, a lot more functional fitness a lot more crossfit type things yeah um guys are realizing that actually it's not that bad to talk and hang out with other guys doing something that's not having a pint it's quite amazing um so yeah i think there is a big shift there um but naturally um it was kind of kind of has a female bias i think the thing that we try and do with our tone of voice and our and our branding and imagery and things is really about being more asexual and actually just talking to people like they're our friend mm. and if you feel comfortable. So I think it's making it a comfortable, welcoming environment and, you know, so anybody's kind of 
they did come. When we were yeah. first that came up with the sort of the idea, we used to talk back to uh, like five-a-side football. So when we were talking to investors and stuff at the bank at the beginning, um, we'd say, you know, like guys, and this was, you know, from personal experience at work, you know, guys would always be going off to play five-a-side football at lunch and they'd all be like super pumped about it and they'd just disappear for 45 minutes, come back, like they probably had a pint on the way back and then they're like having a nice time and there was at no point anything that was like, oh, I have to go or, you know, it was always positive. Whereas all the girls in the office would be like, oh, I had a glass of wine last night, I have to go to the gym and like be really negative about it. And we're like, we oh, want to okay. create the five-a-side football. That's a great women. analogy. So that was in the original business plan. That yes. actually went to the bank. Mm. It did? Yeah, it made the 62-page <laughs> boredom document. <laughs> if you don't give us some money, then uh, we'll keep talking. <laughs> You've got two options right now. You can read the 62-page uh, vision plan all of us alone. <laughs> so which option did they go for? They just gave us the loan. Okay, great. They missed out on so that wait, great this... content about five-a-side football. So this is your business tip. Just make a very boring document you know if you want to get a loan. A bank wouldn't even look at you if you gave them a 62-page business plan these days, quite rightfully so. But yeah. actually, that was probably the best thing that we did because actually we had worked through every scenario. Yeah. Um, we were only 26, 27 when we did this. Yeah. So we didn't have experience. I think we had about five years' work experience under our belt combined. Uh, so <laughs> I think that 62 pages it's all is about, probably... It's all about attitude, right? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, In our case, all of that. <laughs> so I think that really did... It's, you know, it solidified the fact that we had worked through all the cases. I think one of my highlights was Pip's mum asked us if we had uh, thought about security. <laughs> was one of the first things she ever asked us. Do you remember that? We've got to bounce it. <laughs> it's a gym. It's yeah. not a gym. <laughs> that wasn't in the business plan. So how, how big was that initial loan then? 100 grand. 100 grand. And you've just... That was 10 years ago. Great. And then you've just recently closed another round as well. Mm-hmm. So we just slightly we did more. slightly more. Yeah. So we did our kind of investment journey, if you want to call it, is um, had two two bank loans. Then we had angel investment, and then now we've just done private equity of six million. Great. Any. It's taken ten years. Any stories? Stories. <laughs> you know, take in, it in take it in your own time. Plan, we would be like where we are now after five years. Okay. So we got there. Just took a little bit longer. We did have four children. Yeah, that too. That too. So any tips to share on that journey, your investment journey? Do something you're passionate about. Because if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to drive and it's not going to happen. So I think you've got to love it and have a reason for it to push forwards. Because there's going to be hard times and it's going to be shit at certain times. So you've got to really believe in what you're doing. Yeah, 100% believe in that. Yeah, because I think without, without yeah, perseverance, we always say the three Ps, passion, perseverance, and people. So, like, if you haven't got the passion, don't do it. Don't do it if it's just for the money because, you know, starting a business isn't all glamorous. <laughs> and perseverance because, actually, if you're not passionate about it on those really hard times, you're going to want to give up. And we've had times that, you know, we had a situation before we even opened where they closed the road for six months. So we couldn't actually get Close in. Close the road here? Yeah. yeah. So we couldn't Knock actually the get bridge in. down. They couldn't actually get into the building and we were due to open in <laughs> 10 days' time. Seriously? Yeah. We'd been flyering. We'd been flyering and people were coming to turn up. <laughs> no way. We, yeah. So at that point, we sat on the curb. So what did, what, what did <laughs> you do? We did. We sat on the curb and drank a whole bottle of red wine. <laughs> on Great Eastern Street. On Great Eastern Street <laughs> at 10am in the morning. 
So, um, yeah. There I was think everybody's going to have a great picture of you two. <laughs> the amount of alcohol is Come work consumed. out with us. <laughs> this was 10 years ago, pre-children. Now we're teetotal. Uh, really? <laughs> no. Okay, exactly. Um, but I think, you know, you, you have so to... So wait, wait, wait. What believe... happened? Other than drinking a bottle of wine, what, what actually happened? Oh, we scraped ourselves off the floor, you mean. <laughs> um, we... So... I mean, you couldn't open. Because no. there was no way of actually getting... Months. Six months. So they blew up the bridge because they needed to put a better, like a stronger reinforced bridge in for the new East London line. Yeah, so, which is just here, right? Yeah. 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 And so Pip was um, a school run nanny and I used to look after elderly people. So we just had to keep doing that. And in the meantime, we couldn't pay all of our bills. So we had to do a payment plan with the people that we had to pay. And I think um, the thing that's probably put us in best stead for business is actually we had a few people advise us to go bankrupt and we're like it doesn't seem right seeing as all these people have like done all this work we're like right if we can put a payment plan in place yeah. and say like this is what's happened we will pay you but right now we don't actually have a business um so rather than going down the cop-out bankrupt route we took a year and paid everyone back um and felt better you, about yourself well i don't think you can really start business with karma of just going bankrupt. Yeah. So it's incredible. not right, really. So I think that probably really cemented for Pip and I how we wanted to run the business mm-hmm. and doing the right thing. And actually, sometimes you have to make really hard decisions that you don't, you know, that take a long time to pay off. But actually, I think that's probably quite good grounding in like, okay, cash flow management. <laughs> and, um, you know, just knowing that actually you do your business for a reason and you need to be, you need to be proud of that and sure of what you're doing. So I think that was probably our, our moment of... Uh, was that your biggest challenge before you even opened? Yeah. Yeah. Hands down? Hands down. Yeah. And then... So, then there's uh, always things any, that come along uh, you can't... And nothing gets worse than that, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me. Hopefully no. not. <laughs> any, other, any other challenges or...? Oh, constantly. I mean, constantly challenges. We're Tim's always learning. Water. Tim's water. Oh, yeah. If you're listening, you're a challenge. <laughs> I'm a challenge in my life daily. <laughs> Why? get sued if I say that <laughs> you know um, you know everyone needs water <laughs> especially more, us more water <laughs> I think another piece of advice is if you have to do dealing with utilities it takes five times longer than you ever thought yeah okay mm. have you had that yeah um, not with water no. with yeah when we moved in here trying to sort out the the internet that go. was six months yep. seven months it's often it's those like little ridiculous. annoying things that, that aren't actually really anything to do with your business yeah, but That's vital yeah. for your business to function. Exactly. Hey, I've got an idea. A co-working space with no internet. I've got a really good or idea. Or no gym without any water. <laughs> hey, we should go into business together. I'll trade you water. For my internet. internet for I'll put a hose out the window. Right? You can move idea. those straight out. That's good. People would quite appreciate that, actually, coming down the alley post-class. <laughs> sprinkler. Um, okay couple more questions you mentioned mentorship or one of your mentors or advisors earlier do you have formal mentors coaching how on your nine year journey how have you interacted with them if at all so i think well talk about jeff 
Yeah, so so at the beginning we had we had an who's, amazing who's guy Jeff? called Jeff. The ref. The ref. Jeff, uh, the, ref. Jeff the ref. Was that was like referring between you two or no. just No, no, what? Jeff the ref was the, um he was the, uh, for the for those who can't tell I'm a Kiwi, not um English. Uh he was the guy who used to come on all the ads for the rugby. He was the, like the referee. Jeff ah. the ref, but he was a kaka caricature. And then we had Jeff the mentor. So I used to call him Jeff the ref because we used to have to go to him if we were like Shit, Jeff, what's happening? So, so I just called him Jeff the ref for no reason and at all. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff um, was a total legend. So we, he actually was was working with us um, from East London business, small business centre, from like pre bank loan, um, and he has an incredible backstory and used to work in A&R at Sony and worked with some incredible artists uh, and had a lot of good stories. Um, so he was good fun, um, and he was. At the beginning, much more useful in terms of the more practical, this is how to put your cash flow together, those kinds of things. And then, and, and lots of introductions, because he worked with loads of other interesting people in the area, like Christopher Rayburn, for example, and the paternity girls. Um, and then, uh, sort of as we sort of moved forward and we sort of started to understand a little bit more about what we were doing, he was just an incredible sounding board. So when we had big sort of questions and weren't quite sure what the right decision was, we'd, we'd go and sit and take Jeff for a, uh, an Earl Grey with a slice of lemon, always, and a piece of fruitcake, and we would tell him... We these, those were in her, our more mature days, <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning. Bottle of red wine. Yeah. yeah. Or a few, on a Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, what are we doing? <laughs> Bottle of wine um, and, and generally it used to work, like we, we would sort of talk him through the, the issue at hand, and then we would somehow like talk ourselves into our answer and then Jeff would be like, there you go. But just having him there kind of forced us to talk it through. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd say incredibly, incredibly helpful. And then alongside Jeff, we, we've always believed that there are people that can do things better than us out there. We definitely don't think that we know everything by any means. So we try and you know, pick other people's brains whenever we have a question, whenever like something comes up that we've not dealt with before, we'll always think, okay, who's in our network or who can we reach out to that has experience in this area, who we can go and have coffee with, can chat to them about it. Um, so slightly less formal, but nonetheless really, really important. Um, yeah. And I think we're both huge believers in, in, you know, finding out what other people do and how, and it might not necessarily mean that that would translate over to our business, but it's just widening, widening your mind and getting you to think laterally. Yeah, and sharing some experience that you might not really Exactly. Know. I think also that, though, in what we do, is because we did it a lot, lot, a lot earlier than the market, so it was probably about 2015 by the time that this kind of market sort of took off, that we didn't really particularly have an industry to follow, and we were stepping away from it, we were trying to break the rules, so neither of us had ever worked in a gym um, we sort of hadn't come from that background. So I think um, I totally appreciate, like sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I could, you know, someone's like, who is your mentor or whatever? Like there's no specific person who's done the job that we've been doing. So we've really thought, okay, so let's think outside the outside of what we do. And I think that's where you take so much inspiration, right? So, you know, it's really good at looking at other industries, um, other brands, things that have happened in the past in order to kind of collate information and then come up with your own idea and direction of where to go. So I mm -hmm. think... What Pip's saying is, as well is that, you know, as our business is moving so quickly, sometimes the needs that we need from coaches or mentors changes. And what's really nice is about having a network of people, I think. Mm. And in terms of where it's moving to, where where is that? Is there a clear goal? Is there a clear 
plan. Did you bring your crystal ball? <laughs> <laughs> it depends who you're talking to. <laughs> I'm talking to you. So, if you is, talk is, to is, the business plan. <laughs> the 62 page. <laughs> okay, that one was really like, Yeah, no, we've no. moved out slightly. Okay. The, 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 I think the investment document for 6 million was a lot less than 62 pages. Yeah. Um, I think it was a bunch of pictures, to be honest. Great. And then the finances, um, which I wish that's what life was like. Yeah. Um, but I think... Um, is there a number of gyms? Is there a there's number? There's not a number. Con- like, what, what, what's the plan? Um, we'd like to keep at a really good um, manageable growth rate. We don't want to just roll out. And I think what you see um, in the seven sites that we've got and the ones we've done this year, there's definite brand identity there, but each site has its own soul. Um, and we're working quite hard on the programming. It's something that we're trying to like work on at the moment is like, what is the right thing for a right area and localizing? I think, um, you know, it's people's private time, their discretionary time, it's time that they're choosing to come. So you need to be sympathetic to an area. A timetable needs to work with what who's in there. Is it residential and all these things? So we, at the moment, we're just trying to make sure we work it out so that actually it doesn't become cookie cutter and, um, you know, you're like, oh, we've opened four this year and two aren't going so well. Um, we want to keep the quality high and keep the brand standard high. So at the moment, so we've just opened three. We're just going to take a pause, make sure that we've got the, everything right, and then kind of go off again, which is kind of how we seem to do it. We like go, make sure it doesn't break. <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. But I think sort of long term, we, we, you know, we, we would like to get as many people framing as possible, whether that's in London, the UK, abroad. There's so many, so many options. So we're kind of are looking, open at the moment. And you are looking outside UK as well? You've got a property. <laughs> <laughs> might do, might do. <laughs> Sign Potentially. Is up. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah. Um, right, final questions. Best way of contacting you guys? If someone has a question. At Move Your Frame on Instagram. Yep. Is that a good one? I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that answer? It's not a trick question. <laughs> Jane, J-A-Y-N-E. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Jane's lovely. You can't put on me next time. winding you up, Jane. Sorry. Um, yeah, we'll just email us. We'll just joan and pip at moveyourframe.com. Okay, great. Uh, any any key tips that you'd like to share in your almost 10 years of framing? Makes us sound really old. Um, my favourite one is I bought a, um, bought a print, literally, I think the week before we opened, and it says, it says making it up as we go along. And I still have that hanging in my room. <laughs> um, it used to be in the office. It's kind of been moved around a bit. Um, and I think for anybody who wants to start their own business or is even like working with someone else and on a project, I think just remembering that actually everyone's making it up. Some people are really confident when they do it. Um, ask for help. So actually, no one had. There is no blueprint for anything. As much as people pretend there is, you know, um, we're just making it up like the next person. And so that kind of what do they call it? Like imposter syndrome or whatever. Slightly negative way, but just think everyone's making it up. Do your best and ask for help. Especially if we're in a new market. Mm creating a new market yeah. within a new neighborhood exactly no one's ever done it before then what is yeah the and i think also be, you know have an original idea and stick to you know why are you doing it and concentrate on that and doing what 
you believe in the best possible and obviously you've got to be aware very much of what's going on in the industry and what competitors are doing but if you worry too much about that and not enough about doing what you do really well then I think that that can lead you to going off track so concentrate on doing the best thing that you can based on what your business is yeah no that's good advice okay final question is there anybody you would like to hear on the podcast that we can go and ask to be on the podcast pip pip the dots yeah she's on next week (laughs) next nick blunden i think he's great yeah yeah he's got good stories okay um Bryony Gordon is always good for a good chat. Oh, do you know it's who we do you know who we did something with the other day? Who? Um, the digital mums. They do um, social media training for mums, so they can do part time work from home. Okay. And they're really fun, um, and they're like really empowering women to who can't potentially go back or don't want to potentially go back to their sort of corporate worlds while their kids are really young. So they're kind of trying to. Um, give them confidence and give them an income while they're at home. So they're and they're really funny. Okay, I'll there you go, digital sure. mums. Great. Cool. Pip Jane, thank you so much, um, and good luck with the futures. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will.